peace of Christ be with you. As we settle into this place, I invite you to take about three deep breaths that your awareness might open and recognize the presence of the Holy Spirit in, with, and among us right here and right now. Friends, let us worship in beloved community. Good morning and welcome, especially to Jesus and Gloria. So good to see you. <clears throat> Please join with me standing or sitting in our call to worship. Our joy is in Christ, who is our source of lasting goodwill. Our joy is in Christ, who recognize God's dream for the world. We light the candle of joy for Christ, whose light has not been extinguished.
may be seated. Welcome. Welcome to Westminster. Welcome to worship. It is good to be here with you. If you're visiting with us, if this is your, just your first or second time here, a special welcome to you. It is good to be here with you. Uh, I do invite you after worship to join us for coffee and tea and snacks. And as we'll hear later today, a very special celebration. We'll hear more about that later. If you're sitting here in the center aisle um, during the offering, I do invite you to take that pew register, uh, pass it down the aisle, put your name in it. If you're new, put some contact information there, a great way for us to get in touch with you. Also a great way for you to greet each other after worship. Let's join together now in our community prayer. Let us pray. God of promise, God of song, God of joy, we recognize you in the birth of the Christ child. We await Christ's coming with eagerness and warmth, and yet perhaps we have made the story too small. We have confined it to a stable and a manger, a holy family only, or a people. However, this story is far greater. This is a story of God's dream for all creation, for the rejoicing of the land, the lifting up of the weak, and the right-sizing of the powerful. It is a story about the birth, not just of a single child, but a birth or rebirth of all things. Stretch wide our minds, that we might begin to grasp the expanse of God's vision for us. In the infant, we might recognize the infinite. Amen. Our prayers continue in quiet. Amen. Friends, let us rejoice and give thanks for God's steadfast love. For God is slow to anger and quick to forgive. We are set free by God's love for us, made known to us in that Christ child. We are made new. Thanks be to God. Amen. Now, as we continue in our time of prayer, this is the time where you are invited to share with us, share the joys or the concerns that you would like us to be in prayer about this week. We already have one over here. Yes, Sharon. to our congregational life team uh, who are helping with the reception for Jesus and the, the cake for Jesus is something like happy retirement Jesus and I guess the cake preparer said if Jesus is retiring who's in charge I love it a little humor which honestly for us is kind of true if Jesus is retiring who's in charge now <laughs> uh, all right others others joys or concerns to share yes Brooke
The baker was pretty correct. Uh, so, so Brooke is Brooke is concerned about our parking lot and the chaos that might ensue without Jesus out there to help us. Um, and then celebrating a joy, uh, he called his son the other day, and his son was working, and that was a joy for Brooke. Others, yeah. Okay, so. First, first go-kart race, and you get to stand on the podium to receive a medal afterwards. That is a joy. Amen. Others? Yeah, Deb. Spiritual Life Committee, yeah. for you and your family following the death of your uncle um, and then she was offering a joy to our spiritual life uh, committee uh, who are sponsoring our quiet advent series we have one more this coming saturday chance to be here in the sanctuary or walk the labyrinth just in quiet and candlelight others yeah carol Amen. So Carol, Carol's giving, giving thanks today for Barbro and for Janie Spar, who have been two important and influential people in your life. Amen. Others? All right. Let's have just a couple moments of, of quiet as we hold all of these prayers in our hearts, and then I'll lead us in the Lord's Prayer. So let us be in prayer together. Loving God, in this season of Advent, as the days grow shorter and the shadows lengthen, we gather in eager expectation for the light of the world to dawn. As we worship this morning, help us to encounter you anew. Empower us to live in your light with joy, even during those times that are not very joyful. Remind us anew that you are God with us always. And hear us now as together we pray the prayer that your son taught us, saying, Our
Amen. I'd like to invite the children who are worshiping with us today to join me here at the front. We have, the last couple weeks, we've been talking about these Advent candles, Rob and I have. Um, Two weeks ago, if you were here, come on down. Two weeks ago, we talked about the candle of hope, which was the first candle we lit during the season of Advent. The second Sunday, it lo- is it, did it go out? We've, we've been having some trouble with our candle of hope, but <laughs> Sharon's going to help us out there. We hope. Oh, that was a good one. <laughs> All right. Uh, the second candle we talked about last week was the candle of peace. And today we lit the candle of joy. <clears throat> now, joy is an interesting one because we don't necessarily always feel joyful. You know, sometimes life is hard. Sometimes we feel sad or grumpy or angry or whatever it might be. But when we light the candle of joy, we light it with the promise that even when life is difficult or we're not feeling joyful, joy will come again. In fact, there's a scripture passage that says, even though weeping may linger for the night, joy will come in the morning. So for me, one thing that helps me to feel joyful is singing. So I thought I would teach you a a joy song today, and we can sing it with joy, all right? So the words are, I've got the joy, 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 joy. Yes! (laughs) Excellent! So you can sing it out extra loud. So I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart, and then we say, where? And you can say where as loudly as you want. Down in my heart, where? Down in my heart, I've got the joy, 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 down in my heart, where? Down in my heart to stay, okay? And if any of you know that, please feel free to sing along, all right? Okay, so we'll sing it twice. If you know it, sing it. Excuse me. If you don't know it, you can listen the first time, but you'll catch on fast, all right? So here's how it goes. I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where down in my heart? Where down in my heart? I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where down in my heart to stay? All right, now you've all heard it, right? You got it. You locked it in. Now we can all sing it. Not locked in. That's okay. Sing it anyway. Ready? Here we go. I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart. I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart to stay. That sounds so good. We need a second verse. So next week, next week we're going to light the candle of love, but our time of discovery next week spoiler alert, we're actually going to baptize that cute little baby right over there. So we're not going to be able to talk about our candle of love, so let's sing about love now. This is my favorite verse. Lots of words, okay? So, I've got the wonderful love of my blessed Redeemer way down in the depths of my heart. You, you got it? You, did you get it? Okay, let me say it one more time, all right? I've got the Wonderful love of my blessed Redeemer way down in the depths of my heart. Oh, I love a good tongue twister, all right? Okay, well, if you know it, sing it out. All right, here we go. Okay, you can do this. You can do this, right? Here we go. 
I've got the wonderful love of my blessed Redeemer way down in the depths of my heart. Where? Down in the depths of my heart. Where? Down in the depths of my heart. I've got the wonderful love of my blessed Redeemer way down in the depths of my heart. Where? Down in the depths of my heart to stay. Just a preview, a thank you, preview of our love candle, which will be next week. All right, so we are ready to head out to Sunday school. We're going to follow Jen, one of our teachers, and head out. All right, go now in peace, go now in peace. May the love of God surround you everywhere, everywhere Our first reading today is from the prophet Isaiah, chapter 35, verses 1 through 10. Listen for what the Spirit is saying to the church and to each one of us today. The wilderness and the dry land shall be glad, the desert shall rejoice and blossom. Like the crocus, it shall blossom abundantly and rejoice with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given to it, the majesty of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord, the majesty of our God. Strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who are of fearful heart, be strong, do not fear. Here is your God. God will come with vengeance, with terrible recompense, but God will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened. The ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then the lame shall leap like a deer. The tongue of the speechless will sing with joy. For waters shall break forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. The burning sand shall become like a pool and the thirsty ground springs of water. The haunt of jackals shall become a swamp and the grass shall become reeds and rushes. A highway shall be there and it shall be called the holy way. The unclean shall not travel on it, but it shall be for God's people. No traveler, not even fools, shall go astray. No lion shall be there, nor shall any ravenous beast come upon it. They shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there. And the ransom of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing. Everlasting joy will be upon their hearts. They shall obtain joy and gladness, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. This is holy wisdom, holy word. Thanks be to God. The second reading comes from Luke's Gospel, the first chapter, verses 47 to 55. Continue to listen for what the Spirit is saying to the gathered people this morning. This is Mary singing of her divine pregnancy. 
My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for God has looked with favor on the lowliness of God's servant. Surely, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is this one's name. God's mercy is for those who fear God from generation to generation. God has shown strength with God's arm. God has scattered the proud and the thoughts of their hearts. God has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. God has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. God has helped God's servant Israel in remembrance of God's mercy according to the promise that God made to our ancestors, to Abraham and his descendants forever. This too is holy wisdom, holy word. Thanks be to God. I think I preached this sermon last week and the week before. These were the thoughts that came to me as I sat down to prepare this week. I did a bit of a double take because the themes just seem the same week after week in Advent. And if you look at the scripture passages assigned in the lectionary, you'll see that they are repetitive. It's this relentless refrain about justice. It's not always how people think of this time that leads up to Christmas. But it's there time and again. Calls for fiery justice. And yet, it's easy for that message to sort of get lost or for us to fail to grab hold of it, in part because it's such a big thing. The occasions that call for justice, the conditions that make us yearn for something else are so big that sometimes we just let them pass right over us, or they cause us to glaze over. I mean, just take any sampling of the larger issues facing the world. Poverty, violence, discrimination against any group, group of persons. You know, pick one. The devastation of God's created world, the world that's depicted so beautifully in the prophetic passages. It's so much that I, I understand, especially at this time of year, the impulse to just want to get very narrow and small and not look at any of that stuff and only look at the beautiful, simple, and holy crash scene. The holy family, the shepherds, the wise ones, the angels, even the animals, all staring at that singular baby Jesus. If you know me well enough, you'll know that I, or might anticipate that I would say, resist that temptation to get so small. Hold on to the vastness of the prophetic vision that's laid out for us. You know, push to those wider things the calls that we've been hearing week after week after week. In fact, the prophetic vision is so wide, it can only be spoken of in metaphor and image, some of which we'll repeat 
in a few moments. But hold on to that. Don't, don't just get small and sentimental. I mean, that's what Mary does, for example. I mean, Mary, of all people, who has every right to just sing of her own personal uh, moment of grace about to give birth, but what does she sing about? She sings about this prophetic vision that we've heard. We'll sing a paraphrase of it as our closing hymn. She sings a song of justice where she speaks of scattering the proud, lifting up of those who've been kept low, filling the bellies of those who are hungry, emptying out or at least forcing the spreading out of those who have too much or the spreading out of their resources to level things. As I mentioned a moment ago, the prophetic vision can only be approached with metaphor and image. Remember those images we've heard both today and in the weeks leading up to today. The wolf lying down with the lamb. The lion feasting on straw instead of flesh. You can understand the metaphor. Today's passage from Isaiah similarly points to strengthening the weak and opening the eyes of the blind and unstopping the ears of the deaf. The lame will be leaping like deer. The mute will sing for joy. Even the desert in the text, even the desert comes alive and exhibits this kind of Joy, emotion, sentiment, the fertile landscape is born out of sand. Burning sand becomes a pool. Streams appear flowing in the desert, streams of life. And there are no predators wreaking havoc on prey. There is only praying. Doxology, praise of the Creator. The wilderness and the dry land shall be glad. Not unlike the landscape probably feels out there right now, having been bitter dry for so long, soaked back to life. The desert shall re rejoice, says Isaiah, and blossom like the crocus. Rejoice with joy and singing. The world sings when Mary sings. The entire scene, not just the one in her womb, is of unbounded joy. Today we light the candle of joy and we struggle to light it. That may be a good metaphor too. It's a fleeting good and our culture tends to privatize it and individualize it as something you need to chase and uh, grasp after and then hold on for yourself. But that's our own bias and limited perception. The tradition is good to remind us that joy, like everything else, is a communal good. It's not a private possession. And if we're only seeking after our own personal joy, then I, f I fear we've missed the point. I've been listening to and delighting in Richard Rohr's new book on the Sermon on the Mount. It's called Jesus's Alternative Plan. And that's how Rohr, the great Franciscan priest and writer, understands what Jesus is trying to accomplish on the Sermon on the Mount. He's not just giving you some guidelines to go by in your own life, but rather depicting an entirely different value system. The whole thing has to change for Rohr. And he, he pulls on Jesus' own metaphor about wine and wineskins, where Jesus says, you don't put new wine in old skins. 
Because as the wine ferments and processes, it expands, and if the skins are already stretched out, they'll simply tear. It's his way of saying the gospel, God's dream for the world, is not just a nice new product to fit into your life. The whole container's got to change. The entire way of relating to one another has to change. All the systems have to change. Well, that's big. <laughs> and then we get back to that place where it's hard to get our head around what that could possibly look like. You know, they did a study some years ago where they were trying to understand empathy. And what they would do is they would show participants pictures of people in some form of distress and then measure their responses to those images. And what they did is they increased the number of the subjects in the image and charted how people responded as the number of people in distress in the picture grew and grew and grew. Does that make sense? So one or two people, then three or four, and then a whole crowd, and then just big scenes of people in some form or another suffering or in uh, pain or discomfort. And what they found was there comes a point when as the numbers of people in distress grows, individuals' ability to be empathetic starts to wane. In other words, there's diminishing returns. As the suffering gets so big, people seem unable to become more and more empathetic. In fact, they become less empathetic. Do you care to guess what the peak number was of, of subjects that prompted the most empathetic response? One. We connect most deeply with the one, which reveals the brilliance of the story of God meeting us in Jesus. The one, just one because somehow God knows to meet us where our hearts will be most open. We're most open to one. It's the brilliance of the story, because in that one is embodied the whole world. God's entire prophetic, prophetic vision for all of creation, you can see manifest in that one. So if you want to know what it looks like, look at that one. And similarly, those who tell stories of Jesus often tell stories of him addressing and interacting with individuals. These deeply personal encounters. And we can understand that and relate to that and be transformed by that. But we mustn't assume it's only that because those stories are always existing on multiple levels. When Jesus heals someone who is blind, restores their vision, he's restoring their place in the community. When he heals somebody of another ailment, he's, he's enabling them, he's empowering them to participate more fully in the life of society. When he resists a, a corrupt leader, he's refusing to participate in false power and the fruits that it brings, withdraws himself. And in that sense, he's sending not only a personal message, but a deeply societal one as well. And so with that in mind, you might be surprised from the outset that I'm not going to tell you to resist the temptation to get small, despite the prayer I wrote that we prayed earlier in the service. The path to the bigness is through the smallness. 
You can trust that instinct in you that says this time of year, I just want to focus on the manger and the singular Jesus or the scene there. Because in that scene, you can find the whole world. The struggling family, non-traditional family, in the most literal sense, if you read the story on its surface, trying to find their way, perhaps excited of what's been promised, but terrified of what that might mean and how the world will receive them. Those in power doing everything they can to stand in their way or on the back end to endanger their child. Perhaps those in power also working to make this thing happen and protect it and to keep it safe. The shepherds who are on the fringe of society brought into the center by their direct access to the divine, usually spared for those of a much different sort. The angels themselves, messengers from God, who come to them and enter the scene always around trying to lead us in a more holy way. The wise ones, the mystics, the spiritual seers, recognizing the light in this unsuspecting place, following it and then taking it and wanting to spread it out for all creation to behold. Even the animals. All creation gathers at that one scene to stare at the Christ child, to worship, to pay it homage. Spend this next couple of weeks doing likewise. Fixate on your singular figure where your heart is most open and let it explode your capacity for empathy. And then you go back out with that in mind. And that's how the transformation takes place. When Mary sings, she's not just singing about giving birth to a baby. She's singing about giving birth to a new world. And likewise, what we can recognize in this moment, which is in every moment, that the world is pregnant. Remember what we've been talking about for three weeks now. Transformation is trying to happen. The world is trying to give birth. Will you be a midwife too? Well, that's enough for me. Because from the singular Jesus the Christ to the singular Jesus the Posada, we have something important to do today. So let's leave room to give thanks for what God has done among us. Amen.
Amen. You may be seated. Before we get to our time of celebration and thanksgiving and recognition, I do have just a few announcements to share. Uh, first of all, relating to that said celebration, there is a basket for collecting cards, checks, gifts, whatever you have, that will be stationed next to the coffee when we move into the coffee hour. There are also some blank cards and pens if you'd like to leave something but didn't bring anything to leave it in. Uh, that should be there for your use as well. Um, Christmas Eve is coming up, as you know, and we need, uh, we are still looking for some ushers for both the 10 a.m. service as well as the 4 p.m. So if you're interested, uh, it's pretty simple, but it helps to have some extra hands on deck. Please let Bethany know or let me know. There's a slight mistake in your bulletin. We are having a longest night service on December 21st, but that is not a Sunday. That is a Wednesday, so the, the date is right, the day is wrong. And finally, just a brief update from our stewardship chair, Mary Beth, where are you? Oh, come on up. <laughs> is this a don't shoot the messenger kind of thing? <laughs> Behold, <laughs> I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all Westminster members. Well, sort of. As of two days ago, the 2023 stewardship campaign, which funds 75% of the operating costs of our church for next year, brought in pledges of over $546,000. Now that's actually $10,000 more than what's stated in your bulletin. And that's the good tidings part of my message and we're very grateful for that, believe me. The sort of part of my message has to do with the fact that if we put that number, 546,000, next to our goal of over 700,000, it's not hard to see that we've fallen short. As a member of the stewardship committee repeatedly tells me, thank you Chuck, who does our analysis every week when the pledges come in, you know Mary Beth, the success of the campaign will ultimately hinge on how many households pledge, which makes sense. So I think you'll understand our concern when I tell you that as of two days ago, we have yet to hear from 51 households. That's out of 200 and about 48 Westminster households. So if yours is one of those, I ask you to prayerfully consider taking action if you can. And if yours is a household that said it would pledge when one of the volunteers called or emailed you, but you haven't turned in your card yet or made that pledge online, I ask you too to please follow through. We can't consider a household as having pledged until we either receive the card or we see that pledge online. You know, when the stewardship campaign launched in September and I talked about um, prioritizing, I talked about why it's important to make Westminster one of your top five. And I know that for most of you, that's what you've done. And again, we really appreciate it. But if you've just prioritized in your mind, 
and you've intended to pledge, but you haven't done so, now is the time. Please let us hear from you in the next week before the holiday break. Okay, thanks so much for listening. I wish you all the happiest, healthiest of holidays. Thank you, Mary Beth, and thanks to all who worked so hard on the stewardship committee. And now let's shift gears and move into this time of recognition and celebration. In a few moments, three of us are going to attempt to do what really only all of us could do, and many more, in fact, which is to give thanks for the service of Jesus Posada as the church sexton at Westminster for over 30 years. He's retiring at the end of the year, so today is not his last day. You will have other chances to see him, and if you have friends who couldn't make it today. But we wanted to make sure we celebrated early enough to kick off a season, so to speak, of saying thanks. In a moment, David Harkins will be speaking on behalf of the Personnel Committee, and David Elliott will follow on behalf of the Buildings and Grounds Committee, and then I'll conclude with a presentation of a couple of gifts and a blessing. And then after the service, we'll invite everybody to join us for a reception in Finley Hall, right through there in the community building, to say thanks and to give you a chance to share. Uh, if, it's, if I can manage it, I'll try to get your attention when we're in there and maybe have folks take seats and we'll do pop-ups and pass the mic around so folks can share some individual memories and, and thanksgivings. But if nothing else, we'll share in cake and refreshments and good cheer uh, for this very good man. And with that, I invite David and David forward. Good morning. I'm honored to be here on, on behalf of the Personnel Committee to talk about Jesus. And really, any one of us here in this room could stand up here and speak about the many ways that Jesus has, has helped us along these years. You know, Jesus's 30 plus years of service. I'm, I'm going to talk about the service, I'm going to talk about Jesus himself, but I, I wanted to start with the 30 years. Um, when Jesus started here, the uh, top TV show was Cheers. <laughs> the, the vice president of the United States was anyone? Dan Quayle. And uh, in, in Indiana, um, Rob prayed fervently that uh, he would pass his first driver's license test. <laughs> I, I, I break that up a bit, of, a bit of joking, but think how many things have happened in, in our country, at this church, in our lives over that 30 years. And Jesus has been with us for that whole time. I, um, and the, the personnel committee surveyed every committee as we tried to think about what to do as Jesus retired. So not, not just buildings and not just worship, every single committee had a way in which Jesus has helped them throughout every single year. Um, so we could go through a, a, a whole list of those, that, but there's a couple that really stood out in, in that survey, and it was around weddings and funerals, which, um, like today, is a time of, of joy, and it's our Advent Joy Sunday, which is so appropriate. 
but also of sadness and, and a lot of frazzled nerves. And there were just multiple stories over the years of how during that time, Jesus helped the families that came in here frazzled, were, were ready and with the setup or solving problems, that really stood out amongst all the things that he, he does. Um, as many of you know, I've also been uh, around after each service surveying people here about, about Jesus and things that I should bring up here. Um, I, I heard uh, frequently that the church always looks immaculate, uh, that on this occasion something was going wrong and Jesus came in and, and uh, saved, saved the day of all the love that he's, he's shown each of us. And after hearing, you know, immaculate and, and savior and, and uh, unerring love, I <laughs> wondered which Jesus we were talking about. <laughs> so Jesus, um, you know, like these weddings and funerals, today's uh, the joy. We're, we really are, are happy for you. But there's, there's certainly an element of sadness, and I know I speak for everybody on that. We see you up front here uh, at the church as we come in. And there's so many things that you do behind the scenes that we don't see. Um, but it, you know, it's not just the care of the buildings. It's not all the setup. It's not just the parking lot. It's always been about you, the person. So please join me. David, those were lovely remarks. <clears throat> Jesus, for more than 30 years you have cared for our church, our spiritual home, and you have been patient with us, and we almost always speak to you in English, our native language, and your second language. Today, we want to speak to you and your family in your native language. So I ask you all to be patient with me, but here we go. Now, wait, one housekeeping. I've passed out the remarks. If you don't know Spanish quite as well as Jesus and his family, uh, you can follow along. Durante más de 30 años has cuidado de nuestra hogar y al cuidar de nuestra iglesia nos cuidas a nosotros. Has trabajado en WPC tanto tiempo como Doug y Barb, y más tiempo que Rob y Bethany. Ese largo tiempo pasado en un lugar de trabajo es muy impresionante y no sucede a menudo en el mundo de hoy. Muy bien hecho en su larga carrera en WPC. Pero, lo que es más impresionante son las muchas amistades 
que has hecho y las sonrisas que criaste cuando todos te encontramos aquí en la iglesia. Su buen espíritu y bondad hacia las personas son sus grandes activos, sus talentos dados por Dios. Las amistades son como la familia durante toda la vida. Así que te enviamos a trabajar menos y pasar más tiempo con tu hermosa familia. Las amistades que has hecho aquí permanecen en su lugar y esperamos que adores con nosotros nuevamente y seas social con nosotros también. Gracias. Gracias por todo lo que han hecho para mantener nuestro hogar bien y hacer que nuestras sonrisas brillen. Thank you, David and David. And Jesus, I'm going to invite you to come on down for this part, if you would come forward. Jesus, I've overlapped with you not even for a third of your tenure here. Other pastors, as you've heard, are, uh, who you've served with uh, are with us as well today. Bethany earlier, she's with the children now. Barb is here. Doug is here in the back uh, over there. Other folks have come because they wouldn't miss today. Our postal carrier, Diane, is here today. <laughs> Our former office administrator, Diane, is here today. I think Janie Spar landed in the middle of the night from Florida. She is here today. And how many others have made sacrifices to be here and how many others said to me this week, I can't believe I can't be there for this day. We have seen what many don't have the opportunity to see on the staff, which is you behind the scenes caring for the facility, which is our sacred home, and for the community. You're the touch point for so many people here. There, you're the one they interact with, particularly in times of need. A capable staff member, but even more so, a kind and loving person. So we are so grateful for you and the sacrifices you've made on our behalf. All those Saturdays, all those Sundays, all those evenings, and we're mindful of what that meant for you all, members of his family, doing without him at those times. I'd like you to come forward now, too, if you would join him.
owe you a, a thank you as well because so many times you were without him, it was so he could be with us. And so we want you to know we, we know that and we thank you for that. Jesus, you'll be getting some gifts from members in the congregation in the reception, but a couple of things from us as a church. The first, and I'll let you open it later, is a card with a couple of gift cards from Home Depot. Because <laughs> for once, we want to empower you to do your own projects and not just ours. And if you don't have any, I'm guessing Gloria might have some for you. So. <laughs> Uh, and the second is, uh, this is a box that I'll, I'll show you in a second. On the front, it has Jesus' name burned into it. And inside is a hammer <laughs> that says, for over 30 years of faithful service at Westminster Presbyterian Church. Thank you. So. <laughs> he said, I don't know who's going to use this hammer now, which is, yeah, you should get a break. Yeah, they're worried about what they're going to do with him at home. Not my problem. <laughs> I got to replace him. You got to do, okay, so... We'll call it even. Can I say something? You can say something. Please use the mic so we can hear you, please. Um, first of all, thank you very much for the congregation at this church. Um, myself, I seen uh, my dad grow at this church, um, and we thank uh, maybe some new faces for me, uh, but I might know some faces. Uh, but we are very thankful for your appreciation for my dad. Uh, being at this church uh, and his love again for the community of this church um, it's a blessing for us um, and we're very proud of everybody here and people in the past like Mr. Doug Barbara who's here um, I might be forgetting some names um, and we're very appreciative that uh, he was taken into this church as a uh, not only as a worker, but helping people out in the church. Thank you very much. Thank you. Well, no tengo muchas palabras que decir me me siento muy agradecido con toda la comunidad de esta iglesia. He doesn't have very many words to say at this moment, but he's very thankful for the community of this church. Porque en esta iglesia me recuerdo muy bien el día que vine. He remembers very well the day he came to this church. No sabía uh, inglés. He didn't know English very well, or much. Y ahorita tampoco no sé mucho. And still, no. Pero el señor Douglas, que creo que está por ahí. Mr. Doug, who he sees over there. Uh, me dijo, no te preocupes que aquí vas a aprender inglés. He said, don't worry, you'll learn English here. Y sí he aprendido mucho 
No digo bastante porque no fui a la escuela. He did learn some. He doesn't say he's learned a lot because he didn't go to school, but he's learned a lot more than what he had before. He aprendido hablando con las personas de persona a persona. He's learned speaking with people face to face, one on one. Y es, uh, pero sufrí mucho al principio porque todo el tiempo me dejaban notas en inglés y yo no sabía ni leer. He struggled a bit in the beginning because he would be left notes often in English that he didn't understand. Pero tenía que estar llamando a la casa a mis hijas. He would call us and ask for help. Para que me traducieran lo que quería decir todas las notas. So that we could let him know what the notes said. Era bien difícil porque tenía que Ana, mi hija, decía, deletréeme las palabras. My sister Ana would ask him, can you spell out the words? Y estaba en el teléfono, antes no habían celulares. There, before there were no cell phones, so he would use the pay phone and oh. call us. Y tenía que tener un par de coras ahí para llamar. He always have to carry coins with him so that he could use them. Oh. Y, uh, pero uh, hoy en día, gracias a Dios, eh, aprendí a leer todas las notas que me dejan las secretarias, las anteriores, las nuevas. Now uh, he's thankful that he's able to read those notes from all the secretaries that have come through this church that have left them for him. Porque he visto uh, pasar much, bastantes secretarias que se van, vienen, se vuelven a ir. He's seen many come and go and come back again and new ones come and go again. Y ahora pues me toca retirarme a mí. And now it's his turn to go. Y aprecio mucho a todos. Toda la gente es muy bonita y amable conmigo. Sorry. He says he appreciates you all very much for all your kindness and love. Es la hija, la hija mayorona que tengo. I'm the, I'm the crier in the family. Pero también me hacen llorar a mí, de verla llorar. But he's also teary from seeing us all emotional as well. Muchas gracias nuevamente a todos, uh, señor Douglas, Barbara, y el señor Rob. Thank you all again. Eh, Bethany. No Doug. Sé. Barbara, Rob, Bethany. Y los demás miembros de toda la iglesia. And all the members of the church who he has encountered throughout his time here. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Mm -hmm. Let us pray. Sorry, Mr. Doug, can you come up here, please? Yeah, come on up, Doug.
this is the man that allowed my dad here. Yeah. And we're very thankful for everything. And again, to the members of the church uh, for allowing 30 years of my dad's uh, time, not just to help out or work, but the love that everybody brought here to this church, not just to my dad, but to our family. Thank yes. you. Thank you. And now will you join me in prayer? Holy God, we give thanks for the faithful service of Jesus Posada to this beloved church. Thank you for bringing him to us from across the globe, for gifting us with his spirit, with his skills, with his dedication and work. We know that you deal in holy tradespeople. So bless him as he has blessed us. Give him and his family in this new chapter joy, adventure, time to do what is pleasing and rewarding. Let him know now, let his family know now and forever that they always, he always has a place here. But next time when he comes, we will set up the chairs and the tables, <laughs> and we will brew the coffee. We pray these things in Christ's name, which shares his name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Oh, stay standing. We're going to sing. Our closing hymn is number 100.
won't be greeting you at the door so that we can get everybody in for the reception. But as you go from this place, whenever you go, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God who is Father and Mother of us all, and the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit go with you this day and every day. Amen.